The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Amen. Well, why don't you hold your Bible, lift it up real high, and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Namtlanje, Vandah, Naschay. I'll learn from God's word, and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, so we started uh, a, a series about uh, two weeks or three weeks ago, uh, talking about if, if God is good, then what's up with this? That's what I like to call it, right? It's a moment that uh, most of us may have, uh, you know, at one point or the other found ourselves in, you know, where you're looking around and it's like, man, if God is good, what's up with this? What's going on, you know? And, uh, you know, if you have not been able to uh, be in church the past two weeks, I encourage you to go and check out the podcast or you can go to our website to check out the last two weeks. Amen. However, last week we talked a little bit about the believer's authority. We, we looked at Genesis chapter number 1, uh, 26 to 28, and how God gave to mankind dominion uh, over the, the realm of the earth, right? And we know, we didn't go there, but we know what transpired in Genesis chapter number 3 was that, you know, Adam transgressed and gave up that authority to the devil, but Jesus came and restored that authority. And if you read in Romans eight seventeen, it says, now we are joint heirs uh, with Christ, amen? And so uh, what we know uh, this far is that uh, every believer, someone say every believer, uh, has uh, authority, amen? God has given them uh, authority uh, through the name of Jesus. And, uh, you know, the church, the church world or religious world confuse authority uh, with uh, purpose. Now, we all have different uh, uh, callings and uh, graces on our lives uh, in God. He has called some to be prophets, some to be, uh, you know, evangelists, apostles, pastors and teachers, and so on and so forth. Uh, those are purposes that God has called us to, but when it comes to authority, God has given to every believer the same authority. No one has ever received junior Holy Ghost. Can I get an amen? You have the same authority over the kingdom of darkness, uh, just like the apostle. Your assignment may be different. What God has called you to do in the body of Christ, but when it comes to authority, God has given to every believer the same authority. With that, what God did was he took middlemen out of business. Now, the religious world is trying to put the middleman back in business. They say, you know, you got to go through me to, to get, you know, so, you ain't got to go through nobody. You can go into the throne room of grace boldly to obtain help in times of need. Can I get an amen? And so there's, there's honor and all that different things uh, for, for callings and things like that. We'll deal with that. But the, the key thing you must remember is that God has given to every believer the same authority. Amen. 
Amen? And so don't be intimidated as you go out there. you got the same authority. In fact, it's interesting that every time Jesus uh, did a miracle, calmed the storm, and the disciples were amazed, they would turn around to Jesus and say, Jesus, oh, that was cool. And Jesus never said, oh, yeah, because I'm Jesus. You remember in Mark chapter number 11, he, went, uh, to, he was going to Bethany, right? Which is called the house of figs, and he saw a fig tree on his way to Bethany. And this fig tree looked like it had uh, fruit on it, uh, but it didn't have fruit on it. And so Jesus went to converse with the, with the, with the tree, and the tree answered him. And uh, Jesus answered the tree, uh, uh, and, and he cursed it. Uh, but the Bible says something interesting. He says it was not in the season of figs, and Jesus expected uh, figs uh, from the tree, and it was not in the season of figs, and he still cursed it and I thought about it. I said, why did he curse it? it? It was not the season of figs. The reason he cursed it was because when Jesus shows up, the season has begun. And so the tree, all it needed to do was to yield to Jesus and instantly it would have brought fruit. Instantly fruit would have appeared. But it refused and so Jesus, you know, cursed the tree and so he went uh, uh, to, to Bethany on his way back. You know, he saw the tree dried up and the disciples said, Master, look, the tree that you cursed is dried from the roots. You are the man. You know what Jesus said? He turned around and he says, no, I'm not the man. If you have faith. If you will believe in your heart, you can speak to this mountain. And so Jesus never disqualified anyone and he never brought hierarchy. Like, you know, these are the things that only Jesus can do. And these are the things that, you know, whenever you see that, uh, you have entered into a religious world. Can I get an amen? And so today we are going to uh, move forward uh, with, the, with the same, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, topic uh, if God is good, then what's up with this? And today we want to answer the question, uh, do we live our lives, uh, uh, you know, based on fate or free will? You know, is it fate or free will? What is fate? If you read in the Webster uh, Dictionary, fate is described as something that unavoidably befalls a person. The universal principle or ultimate agency by which the order of things is presumably prescribed. That which is inevitably predetermined. It also means uh, the, the extreme uh, sovereignty that believes that nothing happens unless the omnipotent wills it to happen. In other words, they believe that a sovereign means omnicontrol. And so they believe that human beings have no free will, but that everything that happens is, is governed by God's secret plan. They believe that nothing happens unless God wills it to happen. And uh, they believe that nothing happens apart from divine determination and uh, decree. So the, the people that believe that we live from a place of fate, you know, Kwesara, Sarah, uh, they believe that, you know, God is, is in the heavens controlling uh, the events on the earth and that we are just, you know, puppets in the hands of the master puppeteer. That's what they believe. And they believe everything. Now think about it. If God controlled everything... How come he can't get you to church on time? I mean, if, if, God, if God controls everything, how come, how come he can't get you to marry that girl? I mean, seven years you've been dating the girl. You've turned her into a terminal girlfriend. You've turned her into... She's been hanging around. Seven, how, come, how come God can't get you to pay Lobola? Okay, okay, but we won't preach on that. We won't... But here's the truth, guys, is that, is that God is not controlling everybody. 
Can I get an amen? <laughs> that was for somebody. You know, I know, I know, I know you, you, you're sitting in here thinking, man, I know exactly who I should forward this sermon to. No, you're the one who came. <laughs> you are the one who came, amen. <clears throat> and so, choice. Let's talk about choice. On the flip side, you know, I believe, and scripture will show us through the scriptures we're going to read, that God has given to every man uh, freedom to choose. Right from the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, the first thing he did was to present choice before them. He presented choice in the Garden of Eden. He said, uh, of every tree you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. The choice is yours. God blessed mankind with the freedom to choose. In fact, it's one of the distinguishing things uh, that distinguish us from the animal kingdom. You know, animals live on instinct. Human beings live on free will. This is why, you know, a zebra, you know, has to live with stripes. But a human being can go to the salon and say, change this hairstyle. I'm tired of it. Amen? This is why uh, a bird nests have been the same since eons. But, but, but where we live, the dwellings of human beings, we may have started in caves and we went to mud arts. Now we have changed it all up. Why? Because we have the power and the freedom to choose. Amen? Amen? And what is choice? Choice is to have an alternative, an option, a preference. Uh, uh, it's the power of choosing between uh, uh, two things. And God has given us this privilege Right? Sovereign God has given to mankind this privilege. It comes with an awesome responsibility, but it's a privilege God has given us to make choices. And whatever choice you make, God will protect your choice. If you make your choice not to serve Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God will protect your choice all the way to hell. Amen? It's your choice. It's not on God. God did everything that he could uh, to make it possible for everyone to receive uh, Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, to get born again and to get saved. It's our responsibility now to choose Jesus. I had one young person come to my office. I like this generation because they, they try to, to be sneaky with stuff. And he came to my office and he was like, you know, I used to be a Christian, but I didn't understand this thing. And I showed him through scripture that, you know, for you to get born again, you know, it's a powerful thing. You need to... I received Jesus. Jesus died by grace. And, and, and you know, and the meeting is, is getting longer and longer. And I just said, enough. And I said, you know what? Actually, you know, if, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, God is going to protect your choice all the way to hell. And hell is a pit of fire that burns forever and ever. And you can, you know, test the system. It's up to you. But I'm not willing to test the system. What you going to do? I got him born again. I, I, I said, man, it's up to you. What you going to do? I got him born again. I showed him through scripture that there was a gentleman called uh, uh, Lazarus, poor Lazarus. And Jesus shared this as a story, right? He said there was Lazarus and there was a rich man, right? And the rich man didn't you know, put his trust in God. He put his trust in his riches. And, and, and when they died, the Lazarus poor man went to heaven and the rich man went to, to hell. And Father Abraham was, you know, talking to, to the rich man and to Lazarus, and he was talking to the rich man, and the rich man said, man, this place is hot. That's what he said, this place is hot. Can I get a, a leak of water? Please ask Lazarus uh, to just bring me a drop of water. This place is hot. And, and, and Father Abraham said, Lazarus can come over here. There's a gulf in between. Lazarus can come over here to help you. Can't bring you water. You, you're stuck there. All we can do is wave at you. 
And then, and then the rich man said to Abraham, okay, that's it. That's fine. I made my choice. But why don't you send Lazarus back to the earth so you can talk to my brothers? Because, you know, I don't want my entire family to come to this hellish place. And uh, Father Abraham said this. He said they already have pastors down there on the earth. They already have prophets. People are saying, if, they, if they're not listening to those pastors, that's what Abraham said. He said, if they're not listening to those pastors, <laughs> what makes you think they're going to listen to, to Lazarus? They're going to make up some story. If Lazarus, he came back from the dead. He didn't die after all. He just fainted, you know. <laughs> they still won't listen to Lazarus. They must listen to the witnesses that I've, I've put in the earth. That's what he said, right? And so we see that God will protect your choice if you don't choose right. And, 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 and choice is a real thing. Let's go now to uh, uh, Matthew 23. Let's go to 23. Uh, Matthew 23, verse 37. A free will exists today. It does exist. Why? Because God wants men and women to love and worship him on their own volition. Amen? On their own choice. He does not want... Uh, uh, robots to be worshipping him. He wants you and I to choose to worship him. And so it says in Matthew 23, verse 37, uh, in the New King James, it says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as, as a hen gathers her cheeks under her wings, but you were not willing. And so just from reading here in Matthew 37, we see that God's will is not automatic. Amen. God is saying, I wanted to gather you as a hen gathers its chicks, but you were not willing. And because you were not willing, God is saying, I was not able to do what I wanted to do. If you go to Deuteronomy chapter number 30, verse 19, uh, it says this. It says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I've set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That both you and your descendants may live. That you may love the Lord your God and that you may ob obey his voice and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give to them. Now why would God tell these people to choose if everything had already been pre-planned and predestined? There's a thing called choice. Amen? And choice determines destinies. What did I say? Choice determines destiny. You know, it's, your life is a, is a reflection, cumulative reflection, of the choices that you've been making uh, 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 for, 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 for since you were born. When you are born, you are born looking like your mom or your dad. As you get old, you start to look more like your choices. They, does it look like their mom or their dad? No, they look like their choices. Amen? I said amen. You know, the, 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 the choices around the food that you eat. <laughs> Not a single amen. <laughs> the, the choices around the, frame, the, the, the friends that you keep. The Bible says bad company corrupts good manners. The choices about what you believe. The choices about the person you marry. You can either marry a wife 
or a knife. The choice is yours. I've said before you, wife or knife. I'm telling you guys, your life is a cumulative reflection of the choices you've made over the years. And so, this is why the enemy is trying to influence your choices. He's trying to influence your choices because he knows he can't force you to do anything. You know, if the enemy could force you to do something, he would have done it in the Garden of Eden, put his foot on Eve's mouth and say, just eat this fruit and shove it down her throat. He didn't. He went and tried to influence the choices. You, are you going to eat the fruit that the Lord said you can eat? Or are you going to eat the fruit that the Lord said you can't eat? It's the same thing he did with Jesus. He went uh, and started whispering some stuff to try and influence the choices. If you read in Luke chapter number 4, he says Jesus was led of the Holy Spirit into the wilderness to fast. That was the, reading, the, the reason for the leading. It was to go into the wilderness to be separate from the world, to, to fast from food. And fasting really is when you suppress your flesh so you can become spiritually sensitive. Fasting is not to move God. God has already moved by grace. Fasting is for you. Amen? In fact, fasting moves you to the place of God's will. Can I get an amen? And so he went over there. Jesus is there. And the enemy came to him. You know, people think, a lot of people think that the enemy came to Jesus in a, in a physical form. They think that he came with, a, with his red suit and his pitchfork. And he, he came and said, ah, who are you? I'm the devil. Ah, I'm the devil. What are you here to do? I'm here to tempt you. No, that's not how it happened. It was thoughts. Someone say thoughts. Ideas. Someone say ideas. And suggestions. Someone say suggestions. That's all the enemy has. Thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. He came and he knew Jesus was hungry. And he said in a thought, turn this stone into bread. And how did Jesus respond? It is written. So your choices must be informed by what's written. Now you have this generation walking around saying, Pastor, that's your truth. No, ain't nothing like your truth, my truth, that truth. The only truth is God's word. Your truth, my truth, that's on TikTok. We're talking real life. The only truth is God's word. It is written. Can I get an amen? And if you don't allow your choices to be uh, informed by what's written, you're going to start to look like your choices. You know, many, many years ago. Someone say many, many years ago. It's many, many years ago, so don't try to figure that out. You won't even know what I'm talking about because it's many, many years ago. Many, many years ago, you know, uh, I was introduced to this young girl. She, she, she came and I was supposed to, you know, help her. One of the most talented people I've ever met in my life. God had deposited jewels on the inside of her. Man, it was easy to see. It was brilliant, creative. I, I mean, it was amazing. I, I, I said to my wife, this is the most talented person I've ever met in my life. And uh, so we, we found out that they were struggling with drugs, you know, in, in Johannesburg. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to help them, you know. And we're going to send them to Bible school, but we're not going to send them to a Bible school in Joburg because drugs are freely accessible. So we're going to send them to a Bible school, not in Cape Town, not in Joburg, but in Heidelberg, in the middle of the bush in Heidelberg. Where are you going to find drugs in Heidelberg? <laughs> so we send her there to the middle of the bush in Heidelberg. And uh, three months later, I get a call from the principal of the school saying they found a gardener who's now the, 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 the supply. 
of drugs. And so they made the choice to go back to the drugs. You know, broke my heart. And so I called them. I said, I said, if you don't fix this, I'm not, I'm not going to spend any more of my hard-earned money to send you to, to, to Bible school. You know, you make the choice. At that point, I'd realized that I was more committed to their transformation than they were. Have you ever tried to help someone and then at one point you're like, but it looks like I'm more committed to their transformation than they are. And to that point, the Apostle Paul said, give them up, give them up to their desires. Just let them have it. So I said, you know what, I'm going to let them have it. You know, I said, I'm not spending any more money. If you don't make the right choice, it's on you. So they didn't make the right choice. Tore up the place at one point, tore up the entire place because they were, you know, they'd taken some. And so at the end of the year, I said, man, I'm done. You do your thing, right? And I got a call four months later after that or six, I don't know, I don't remember, that uh, one of the relatives called me to say they're D-E-A-D, better known as dead. Now, you can turn around and say, you know, God took them. No, you know, God took them. Their choices took them out. Can I get an amen? And so the enemy is trying to influence your choices. He went to Jesus and he said, you bow down and worship me, I'll give you all these kingdoms. And Jesus said, you shall worship only God and God Almighty. In fact, he didn't say that. He said, it is written. You shall worship God and, and, and him alone. And he went back again and he said to, to Jesus, you know, throw yourself. The Bible says he took him to the pinnacle of the, of the temple, right at the top of the temple. Now, a lot of people think the enemy dragged him from the wilderness to the temple to say, let's climb the temple. Who's got a ladder? Let's climb the temple. No, no, no. All of this is happening in Jesus' thinking. Remember, I said to you, all he has is thoughts, ideas, and suggestions. All of this is happening in his thinking. He's trying to influence your thinking. If you let your thinking go wild, the enemy will influence your choices and he will take you out. And then we'll turn around and say, if God is good, what's up with this? Your, your, thinking, your thinking has to be in line with God's word. Can I get an amen? amen? Choices determine destinies. Joshua 24 verse 15, Joshua was tired of the people, you know, not making a decision on who they wanted to serve. And he said this. He said, if, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods, small letter G, which your father served, that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so he knew he had a choice in the matter. And he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? And so the other question people ask is, uh, does you know, heaven or hell, is it God's choice or our, our choice? Let's go to Titus chapter number 2, verse 11. Heaven or hell? Is it, is it predetermined who goes to heaven uh, and, and who goes to, to hell? Or, or there's, a, there's a choice in the matter? If you go to Titus 2.11, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. In other words, grace is available for everyone. God has made an offer to everybody. But just because God has made an offer to everybody does not mean everybody has accepted the offer. Even the lawyers here will tell you when an offer is made, it has to be accepted for it to become a legal contract. Now, for you to come into the covenant of grace, you have to accept the grace that God has offered. Can I get an amen? amen. This is why it says, you know, I've heard people say this, you know, and, and you know, it's sad. I've heard people say God's plan 
for my life is so big, I cannot possibly ruin it. <laughs> God's plan for your life is big, that's for sure. But you can ruin it by not choosing what he has for you. 2 Peter chapter number 3, verse 9, it says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's not slow. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. Watch this now. Not willing that any should perish. God is not willing that anyone should go to hell. In fact, he did not create hell for human beings. He created hell for the fallen angels. But if human beings choose not to submit themselves to Jesus and to the lordship of Jesus and to accept him as the atoning sacrifice, we make the choice to go to hell. We are sending ourselves to hell, but it was not created for hell. God is not willing that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But we know through Jesus' mouth and his words that many will go by the broader gate that leads to destruction. And so people will make that choice. To go by the broader gate, even though God is not willing that any man should perish. So we know God's will does not automatically come to pass. And in closing, is there a determined time to die? You know, a lot of people, and I, I, was, I was there, so I'm not really knocking them. You know, I thought that God had a big calendar, a big old calendar in heaven. It's A3, A3 calendar. <laughs> it's on his table, and it's written 20. 54, October 5. And it's got all these names. Uganda, Paul, South Africa. And it's got all these names that must check out on, on that particular day, 2054. I thought it was on God. That's what I thought. Until I started reading the Bible and I found out that, you know, there were many variables. Amen? Yes. I said, Amen. Yes. If you read in Hebrews 9, 27 in the NIV, he says, just as people are destined to die, the word destined just simply means eventually. Just as people eventually die, after that they face uh, judgment. And so some people in the you know, Calvinist world think that this means there is a determined time to die for everybody. No, this just means everybody will eventually die. Amen? And so it doesn't mean everybody has a, has a, a specific date that God has, has set. In fact, there are many variables. One of them is John 10.10. 10. We have an enemy who's trying to take us out. The Bible says the thief comes to do what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And Jesus flips it. He said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. You know, I was watching rugby uh, yesterday, and I seemed to notice this, you know, as I was watching the game, that they, they tackled the one with the ball. And when you got born again, it's kind of like someone passed you the ball. And the enemy is trying to take you out. And so he's going to try, he's going to try and try and try to which God has already empowered us. He has told us to submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from us. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. And so there are many, many variables. The first one is the devil. You know, he's trying to take people out. Uh, the second one is this, the lack of honor. Let's go and read in Ephesians chapter number 6 from verse 1 to 3. It says this. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So he's saying, children, obey your parents as long as your parents are, you know, instructing you to do something that is in line with scriptures. You know, if your parents ask you to go rob a bank, you know, you don't have to obey them because that's not in the Lord. That's outside of the Lord. Can I get an amen? And so he says, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor. Someone say honor. 
He says, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with promise, so that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. You can't just treat your parents any kind of way. Talk to your mom and dad like you ain't got no sense. And expect to live a long life. Now, that's, that's not me. That's the apostle of grace. It's one of the big ten, the only one that made it to the new covenant. It is to honor your, your mom and your, and your dad. And some of you know someone who should hear this sermon, but they are not the one that came. You are the one, you are the one that came. Can I get an amen? amen? Some of you need to repent for length of days. You need to go home and ask for forgiveness. Oh, just one, that's right. Huh? Just one, that's right over here. You need to honor your, your, your mom and your dad. The scripture talks about honoring those in spiritual authority and so on and so forth, but charity begins at home. If you can't even honor your mom and dad, what chance do I have? <laughs> As your pastor. Amen. Some of you, all I need to see is how you treat your mom and dad. I'm like, yo, they need to go find another pastor. They, they need. He says, if you honor your father and your mother, it will be well with you and you will live long on the earth. Now you could read what it's not saying. And it would say this. Dishonor your father and your mother and it will not be well with you. And you will live a short life. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs chapter number three. Let's read that. Let's, let's, let's read that. <laughs> Proverbs chapter number 3, 1 to 2, right? Is there a calendar in heaven that determines when man uh, should die? Is there a calendar? He says this in uh, Proverbs chapter number 3, verse 1 to 2. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands for length of days and long life, and peace will add to you. If you keep God's word in your heart, it will add to your life. Watch this. Long life and peace. Let's go to Proverbs 9 in the NLT. Proverbs 9, uh, verse 10 in the NLT. It says, uh, uh, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So when you know God, it will result in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days. What does it say? Wisdom will do what? Will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. You know, I tell, I tell, I tell my elders, I tell my elders in, in line with wisdom, I tell all my elders, that some of them think I'm legalistic, but this is what I tell them. I tell them, you know, if you are a man, don't be running a counseling session for a woman. If you are a woman, don't be running a counseling session session for a man. And I tell the man, you don't have a women's ministry. I tell them, you don't have a women's ministry. Just chill out. It's called wisdom. And it will lengthen your days. Can I get an amen? amen. 
In fact, I tried to tell one of these pastors, I told him, he was, he was too, too comfortable around, he married men, too comfortable around, around women, single women, too comfortable. I told him, I said, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with how you, you, you get around these people, and man, you've you got a wife at home, what's wrong with you? He said, my private life is different from my public life. I said, I said this to him, I said, why don't you get on the poop, and man, I want to know what you do in your private life. The Bible says flee from any appearance of evil. And you want to live long? You want to live long? And you've got to start thinking with, like you've got, you know, you've got a brain. I'm just saying. Man, I'm, I'm just saying. If you scorn wisdom, you know, you're going to live a short life. Now, Proverbs 10, 27. <clears throat> Proverbs 10, 27. It says the fear of the Lord prolongs life. Y'all see that? The fear of the Lord, what does it do? Prolongs. Prolongs life. But the years of the wicked will be what? Shortened. You know, God is not the one determining it. It's, it's whether you fear the Lord or you don't. If you don't, your life will be shortened. You know, I had this one guy uh, uh, come to our office and, 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 and he was just crazy, right? And, and he was uh, taking steroids. You know, and uh, he had one of his arteries, it, is, it had exploded. And so one of our friends was saying to him, you know, why don't you tell Pastor Edge and, and Pastor T, you know, what happened to you? And uh, he said, man, I was using steroids and it popped my arteries. And so I said to him, man, you, you should have learned your lesson by now. So are you still on that stuff? He said, oh, yeah, I still am. I like it. And four months later, they found him uh, in his apartment, D-E-A-D, dead. You know, his eyes exploded. Now, he can't turn around and say, God did a date for me. No, it was, it was the stuff he was putting in. Can I get an amen? Man, they put, they, put, they put on a cigarette pack, they put roasted lungs on the back of that thing. Just to show you what you're buying, this thing is going to take you out. They're trying to tell you this thing. It's different from when Jesus was hungry and he's being offered food. It's different because there is nutritional value in food. I mean, this shouldn't even be a temptation. The lung is roasted. I mean, I don't want to know. But, but, you know, we're a church of grace. I'm not going to preach about that. I'm going I'm 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 to leave you alone. I'm going to leave you alone. But, but here's what it says in Proverbs 19, verse 16. It says, if you keep God's laws, you will live longer. If you ignore them, you will die. And like I said to you, they are, the, God has, has, has really given us both natural and spiritual laws. And your life is a cumulative reflection of your choices that you made over the years. Little choices, you know, build up one one on top of the other. They've had to ban me from sugar, literally. Because, you know, they, they, I, I have a sweet tooth and that thing was going to take me out. And I was in Durban the one time and I was in my hotel room and I could literally see Krispy Kreme donuts down there and I went and I got myself half a dozen, ate that, that bad boy in one night, had a sugar high and it dropped me, fell sick. And, 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 and at that point, I started thinking straight. Because <laughs> my heart started beating fast. My heart started having palpitations. I realized, you know what? I need to chill out. 
took my coffee from four teaspoons to one, to no spoons at all these days. Now, I could have stayed in that lifestyle, take me out, turn around and say, the Lord. It wasn't the Lord. It's a natural loss. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get an amen? amen. Man, we've got to be, be in line with God's, God's laws. The friends that you make. He says, you know, the, the, the bad company corrupts good manners. So this is a natural law. The, the people that you keep. What you believe. person that you marry. The word you respond to and so on and so forth. Proverbs 19 verse 23 says, Obey the Lord and you, you will live a long life. Notice it didn't say, Obey the Lord and he will give you a long life. No, if you obey the Lord, you will live a long life. Why? Because it's on you. When you obey the Lord, it's on you. And God will see to it that you live a long life, content and safe from harm. It's on you. Amen. I said amen. It says in uh, Psalm 55, verse 23, in the NSAB, he says, Men of bloodshed and deceit will not live out half their days. And so it's not on God, right? Because God had a full life planned for them, but their deceit and their shedding of, of blood will cause them to live a, a short life. And I want to end with this, right? Proverbs Chapter number 19, verse 3. I want to end with this and we'll wrap it up. I'm out of time. Proverbs chapter number 19, verse 3 in the GNT, in the Good News, uh, uh, you know, uh, translation. So I want you to look it up. Just, just look up and uh, we'll see something here. So there is choice. There is a thing called uh, choice. And, and this is in the GNT. And I want us to read it together. You know, I want you to think, Pastor, be coming up with scriptures and stuff that are not in the Bible. Look up. Just look up. Ready? Read. Some people ruin themselves by their own stupid action. And then, did you, did you read that? This is in, uh, in, in Proverbs, you know, the book of wisdom. Now, those people are not here. It's the people who didn't come. But some people, some people ruin themselves by their own... Stupid action. And then, what do they do? I told you guys, I told you many years ago, I got my first job uh, here in Joburg, and, uh, you know, they gave me my contract of uh, employment, and I took that thing straight from the, the, the new job that I found. I took my contract of employment, and I went to the dealership, and I said, here, here I have a job. I'm going to be earning uh, uh, 20 some thousand rand and uh, I said I want a car they said which car would you like I showed them the car that I wanted and uh, they said do you realize it's going to take up uh, 17,000 rand of the 20 <laughs> I said it doesn't matter I'm going to be bowling now those people they're not looking out for you they're out to sell cars. And so he sold me the car. I mean, that thing was eating my breakfast, my lunch, my dinner, and my snacks. Some people ruin themselves by their own. Now, now, 17 before insurance. Before fuel. 
And so that thing was taking me out, draining me. I was, li- I was living off of water and bread. I was still boiling. I mean, don't get it wrong. <laughs> that thing was shiny. <laughs> With white lips. <laughs> Some people <laughs> ruin themselves. And it occurred to me <laughs> that the Lord wanted me to have some wisdom and get a car. And the one that I should have gotten was the one where I pay 1,500 rand washes max. And so I went and I took it back. It was a spiritual move. I took it back. You know, you know people are talking about you know, pulling down strongholds. You know how you pull down strongholds? Financially, you know how you pull down strongholds? You live within your means. <laughs> that, was a, that was a powerful thing. I went and I took it back and I took, you know, the little Hyundai H1, you know. And my, li- my life got better. It was amazing. My life turned around. I started living within my means, stopped trying to impress anybody. Some people ruin themselves by their own and then they turn around and they blame God. Don't be one of those. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And so in the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at uh, many other things. We're going to look at uh, the story of Job. You know, a lot of people think that God was the instigator. But we're going to, we're going to show you through reading scripture that, uh, you know, God is good. And that is good all the time. It's going to be fun. It's going to establish you in knowing this. That God is good and that the devil is bad. Man, I'm telling you, if you have this as a part of your foundation and your philosophy, you'll start to win in life. And that has to be your foundation. God is good. He's not the one who is killing babies to try and get our attention. Amen. He's an enemy who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it out more abundantly. Man, allow the Holy Spirit to inform every single decision that you make. These three words, it is written, is how Jesus defeated the evil one. These three words, it is written, is the words that will empower you to defeat the evil one. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I pray for these, your precious children. I thank you, Father, that you have given to all of us the awesome privilege of free will. We submit our freedom to choose unto you this morning. Holy Spirit, we say influence our choices. We say, Holy Spirit, lead as we follow. For we know, according to Jeremiah 10.23, it is not in men that walk to direct his own steps. And so this morning, Father, we submit every single one of your children under the sound of my voice to you. And Lord, I say, speak to their heart. As they make decisions, Holy Spirit, I say, illuminate things in their heart as they make life choices. Lord, I thank you, Father, that you will show them And say, this is the way. Go ye in it. Lord, I thank you, Father, 
That is, they make choices in the marketplace. As they make choices uh, on what business deal to go into, on what partnership to go into, they will remember uh, everything you say in your word. And Holy Spirit, you'll bring to light the things that may be hidden. Lord, I thank you that we will make sanctified choices that lead to life and long life. Lord, I thank you even for those who may uh, not have had a functional relationship with their parents. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, I thank you that you've instructed us through Ephesians chapter number 6 from verse 1 uh, to 3 to honor our parents, mother and father, our natural parents, mother and father, so that things may be well with us. Lord, I, I come uh, uh, this morning and I pray, Holy Spirit, that you may touch children that may be in here under the sound of my voice. That is the first time they've heard this. And they're saying, I didn't realize that this is the reason why things have not been well with me. And that they are coming to a place of humility and a place of repentance. And that they're saying, today is the day that they will humble themselves, go to their parents and, and, and ask for forgiveness and start to work on a functional relationship with them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, that today they are turning a new page. In Jesus' name we pray. And someone say amen. 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 If that's you, man, I encourage you to fix that relationship. Amen. I said amen. amen. You know, I've had so many young people come to me and, uh, you know, they, they say, but you don't understand, this is what my parents did this is what my dad did and so on and so forth and sometimes they are right but unfortunately the the verse in Ephesians 6 does not include many T's and C's it just says honor them sometimes they may be wrong but we have to honor them amen I said amen and some of you just need to talk to old people in general like you got some common sense in general. Just in general. It's going to fix a lot of your problems. Amen. And 40 is old, by the way. You know, I'm 40. So, you know. <laughs> you got to talk to me like you got some sense. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Man, I'm telling you. That's where it starts. You know, I mean, it should, it should be a part. It's heritage day today, praise God. It's so fitting that I should teach this. It's a part of our heritage. That you don't talk to old people like, you know. Get around and old people, man. You, I'm telling you to fix most of your problems. Amen. It'll just, it'll fix them. It works like a charm. <laughs> Amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.